The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Hello there, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Confused Breakfast Podcast. Do you remember the pure joy of a trip to the video rental store as a kid? Yeah. The excitement of walking down the aisles, browsing the names and the artwork, and finally picking out the movie you were going to take home with you. Sure, it's hard to beat the ease of the modern era and streaming platforms where you don't even have to leave your couch, Mm -hmm. but there was something truly special about making that trip, grabbing your favorite movie, and then run away-ing without paying. (laughs) (laughs) On this podcast, we revisit and dissect some of our favorite childhood movies from that magical era to see if they still move us the way they did as kids. I'm your host, Sir Schulte, the Unchaste, and joining me as always, Sir Pryor, the Dragger of Coattails, and <laughs> Sir Ben's, the Damager of Knees. How the heck are you? <laughs> dragger Dra- of Coattails? Dragger of Coattails. Get it? Because trench coats? I got trench coat. Yeah, yeah. yeah I like they're... it. I like it a lot. And uh, AJ's Damager of Knees. Damager of Knees. Yeah, and I am the Unchaste because I've had sex one time. <laughs> Hell yeah. Because I have a child. Nice. And the night, cool, huh? the night, the nights of damage to knee. Really potent soldiers. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's good. Give them. The, I'm already giving it to them. All right, all right. The, the, the <laughs> Why do you guys ever give it to me? It's a damage to knee. It's fine. It's fine. Because it takes a while for your jokes to set in. <laughs> They're so deep, multi-level. I, I, it's right. That's right. The, it takes it takes multiple viewings to get my. It really does. Keep going. In uh. fact, many times I will listen back to episodes and be like, I didn't laugh at that joke by Sean. It was awesome. <laughs> It was awesome. That's very true. It's very true. I'm, I'm sitting here in dead silence, and I'm just like, yeah, it's, I hope this is getting across to my two friends. He's just thinking he's just not funny. <laughs> well, boys, let's continue on our month-long series of movies from the 1970s. On this episode, we will discuss a movie that catapulted the British comedy troupe Monty Python into the echelons of the comedy world. The definition of a true cult comedy classic that is still revered today, a movie that no woman I have ever dated or married can stand to watch. (laughs) We're, of course, talking about 1975's Monty Python and the Holy Grail. It's Wednesday morning. It's early. Way too early for you. You're probably sitting in traffic like me. 
why not have your coffee and bacon with the Confused Breakfast Boys? Good morning, boys. Morning. Damn, dang it. And for those of you looking to find this movie, as of the recording of the episode at the end of July 2022, looks like you're going to have to buy it. What? I didn't find it anywhere, did you? Was it not on Netflix? What? I think that's where I watched it. I'm pretty sure it's on Netflix. What is wrong with my yeah. like, TV? If I search for a movie, it's like, oh, I'm sorry, it's not there. I just, I searched it on Google, and I say, watch movie, and it's like, Netflix yeah. right there. What the? Uh, <sighs> okay, then just don't listen to what I... Well, I, I own it on DVD, so I pulled that out. Oh, you did? It, okay, yeah. well, that's even better. Because I was like, I'm not buying this. You're it's good, on Netflix. You're a good the, citizen. My Samsung TV search thing, stupid. Yep. Yeah. Well... Ugh. In order to properly dissect and review <laughs> this movie with a modern eye, we must first discuss it with pure nostalgia. AJ, tell us the first time you saw this movie and what your nostalgic rating is. It took me forever to watch this movie, guys. Really? That being said, it was from the 70s, so I didn't have, you know, it's not like I had to watch it right then and there. Um, you had a while. I had a while, but I took a while. I probably didn't see this movie until I was well into my 20s. Wow. Okay. Damn, to be completely honest. Cool. And like I, I watched it a couple of times, got the quotes, and like the quotes were kind of funny to me. For some reason, it just didn't hit like I, I thought like these movies always do for me. Mm-hmm. But I think the problem was is everyone's just like, dude, Monty Python, it's the funniest movie oh, I've knee, ever knee, seen, bro. Knee, knee. <laughs> the Knights of Knee? You haven't seen? Oh my God. Dude. It's the greatest right. movie. It was a flesh wound. Yeah. Uh, of it. Tis but a flesh. Oh, man. Uh, so funny. You got to watch it, bro. You got to watch it. Coconuts. And that was the whole thing. <laughs> and I didn't get it. And I, know. I actually. You actually started to despise it. I did. Yes. I know absolutely. you're like that. And I get that about you. Yeah. I, I do. Yeah. I've, I get I get all weird and hipster about <laughs> bull crap like that. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if that's a hipster thing, but it's like. Uh, I don't know. You can call it that, but it's, it's something else. I just want to be different. I don't want to like it. No. Um. <laughs> But I guess I got it for Christmas, actually, and uh, oh. uh, as a, as a, like a yeah, it's <laughs> like Thanks. I was like cool, and I felt bad because the person who got it like it, for this gift exchange was super hyped on it, right. but it also came with a horse. AKA came with the coconut. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Do you have them? I they are under. Okay, so can I tell a really funny story really fast? Alicia was telling me this last night. Okay. Yes. So Sean already well, knows it, so we don't have to hear it. No, right, yeah. that's fine. No, I'm joking. No, tell it. <laughs> no, basically, so, well, I, text my, I texted my brother. I was like, hey, man, I, I, need a, I need a massive favor. And this, but keep in mind, this is like 1230 at night, like 1 o'clock. And he's like, yeah, dude, what's up? He's like, are you okay? And I said, no, can you go see if you're out at mom and dad's? Can you go see if you can find the coconuts? <laughs> Holy Grail, <laughs> and I'm like, I realize now this is not the right time to ask for a massive favor. <laughs> he just wanted me. I just wanted to get the coconuts. He couldn't find them. Damn. Damn. Just, See, that would have like, been your prop. So yeah, bad. That would exactly. have been your prop, and you would have had it. I wanted it here so bad for us, but uh, anyways, guys, I guess I would say that um, my nostalgic rating. Uh, I'm gonna give this. Uh, I'm gonna give this a two. Wow. Yeah, that might be one of your lower ones yet. Sean, yeah. what about you? Nostalgic rating. I've literally seen this movie one other time in my life besides this rewatch, and it was when I was, oh, man. It had to have been like 2002, 2003, maybe nine-ish. Um, 
and I loved it. I, I watched it with my friend Jordan and and his uh, grandma's basement, and uh, it was I, I loved all the jokes. I loved uh, it was just like kind of finding out what humor that I liked, and I didn't know it at the time. But right. rewatching, I'm like, oh yeah, that's my humor. This is kind of my ridiculous, stupid uh, niche humor. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. niche um, me. and me. <laughs> nice. Uh, I'd have to say probably back then, probably five. Fiverr, yeah, right off the bat, just kind of basic. Yeah. Uh, for me, I, I always love this movie. This is something like my family always watched. Like my dad, my brother, my mom, we always used to watch all the Life of Brian's, like one of my favorite mm. movies ever. It's growing up Catholic, that's kind of weird to say that. But uh, <laughs> uh, it's an amazing movie for me. As a kid, first watch, I did see it very young. The drawings always made me laugh. Like yeah. I remember the draw- the animation scenes. The coconuts were just so weirdly funny to me as a kid. Be like, it's funny. It's <laughs> Uh, But as I got older, I definitely continued to have an appreciation for it. I have this funny story. Back before movie theaters would show old movies, the Collins Road Theater here in town was the first movie I ever heard of that would show an older movie. And they sold tickets to Monty Python and the Holy Grail. And I was like 25. Me and my buddy went and we're like, dude, it'd be so cool if we could drink beers in there and watch it. And so we got soccer socks and we put in like two (laughs) tall boys in our socks and walked into the theater thinking we're so cool. That's all us. That's all us. That's all us. And we sat down, theater's packed, and we think we're like so cool. And right as like the lights go down, you hear, shh. From all all over, everybody cans are rolling down the aisles, (laughs) and and it was like one of the coolest movie experiences I've ever been to. Seeing this with a bunch of people going, yeah, Um, but but nostalgically, first time watching, you know, just like a, I'm I'm an eight, like I love the movie, yeah, okay, nostalgically, but you know, that was the first watching, sweet, definitely improved from there. So, executive producer David Gould, he says there are a few movies I can remember first viewing so vividly as Monty Python and the Holy Grail. I was snuggling up with my high school girlfriend on a Saturday with her brother sitting just ahead to ensure he didn't witness the awkward making out between two <laughs> nerdy teenagers. The title card started and the confusion built as I had no idea what was in store for me. But what I thought was going to be another night satiating my carnal teenage lust <laughs> turned turned into me just pushing her away from me to wipe the tears from laughing this movie brought to me. Nice. I lived, breathed, and quoted this movie so my nostalgic rating would have to be a 9 5. Damn. Gorgeous. So that is a 6.12. Yeah, that's all over the place for us. Wow. It is. They we're as low as a 2, as high as that. So 6.12 wow. takes us slightly better than The Mummy, slightly below planes, trains, and automobiles for a nostalgic rating. Okay. Okay. So before we move on to Sean's informational detailed segment, I got to tell you a story. The last couple days, yeah. I've been having like really shitty headaches. Mm-hmm. Like thinking I'm thinking I'm sick or so whatever. Bummer, man. Couldn't figure out why. I was spending an absolute shit ton of time on the computer lately. It was getting ready for these episodes. It was preparing for the big show that my band just played, and I was just like always on my computer. Yeah. And and I realized that I hadn't been wearing my daytime Felix Grays. Yeah. Uh, and if you don't know what Felix Gray is, they're, they're blue light filtering glasses. I have two pairs. I have one that's just non-prescription that I wear when I'm at the computer. Wasn't wearing them. So yeah, this was yesterday morning. I popped them on when I was working, and it's like headache was gone. Now, I'm not like – there's some very scientific stuff out there that will tell you the harmful effects of blue light on you. I'm not a scientist. I, I, I believe what I'm told, and it's like, okay, sure. But, like, my experience was that I was having headaches because I was on the computer too much, and then I put on Felix Gray blue light glasses, and then they went away. And so, like, I'm not telling you that that's an actual experiment. Maybe but it's like, not even science. Maybe it's magic. 
It I could just know. be pure magic. Just saying, man. Placebo effect. I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, Felix Grey is incredible. They basically have these uh, blue light filtering glasses that, that they have prescription, non-prescription readers that will reduce the effects of blue light. Right. Of harmful effects on your eyeballs. And it's pretty incredible. I mean, we love them. We all have multiple pairs. They're stylish, affordable. They look like normal eyewear. You got Sean's wearing his pair right now. Looks like normal glasses. There's no weird tint or glare to it. Um, people don't even know you're wearing them, yeah. but you'll be glad you're wearing them once you realize all the negative effects that the blue light has on you. So don't be afraid to reach out to us. We'll tell you about what fits and styles and colors we have. We'll tell you what our experiences are. Yeah. Non-prescription, prescription available. Go to felixgrayglasses.com slash confused. That's F-E-L-I-X-G-R-A-Y glasses.com slash confused. Free shipping, free returns, free exchanges. And remember, you buy a pair of these, your money gets you a cool product, and it also helps support this podcast. So that's, that's really right. Cool. That's the beauty of having sponsors. I got to say, one, one, one oh, little no, anecdote. Oh, no, I'm sorry. We're I, moving I, along. No, no. I, I, I watch my uh, YouTube when I go to bed, and I <laughs> if I don't have my glasses on, I am awake until 1 a.m., and that's not good because <laughs> I have to work at 7 a.m. And when I put the, my, uh, my Felix Grays yeah. on, I put those on and I'm watching my YouTube video. It takes me like 10 minutes to fucking pass no, out. No, wow. it's true because they say blue light fucks with your REM yep. and it does not allow you to fall asleep. So if you're if you're negating that, you can watch as much YouTube as you want and still fall asleep. You can't listen to REM while you're wearing your Felix <laughs> yeah. Grace. Right on. Sean, pertinent, impo- important informational details <laughs> in the movie. What do you got, bro? Produced by Mark Forster and Michael White. Written by Graham Chapman, John Cleese, Eric Idle, Terry Gilliam, Terry Jones, Michael Palin. Cinematography by Terry Bedford. There's so many Terrys in this. I Can you believe that. Edited by John Hackney. Production design by Roy Smith. Wanted to get him in there because I think it's kind of spectacular what he did on this movie. Directed by Terry Gilliam and Terry Jones. Their first directing job. Cast. Graham Chapman, Eric Idle, John Cleese, Terry Gilliam, Terry Jones, Michael Palin, Connie Booth, Carol Cleveland, and Neil Innes. Having a lot of having a lot of success on their television show, the comedy group were in their third or fourth season when they decided to make a film. Originally, the screenplay was half medieval times and half present day, but the group decided to focus on focus it more on medieval and specifically uh, the Holy Grail. For Terry Gilliam and Terry Jones, the pair had never directed anything before, so the two learned as they went along in the production, which is just like magic to me. Like you go to Scotland to film a movie for the first time ever, (laughs) and you're just kind of like learning as you do it. Dude, didn't one of them say that his first scene directing of this movie, he he yells action and the camera breaks. Yes, (laughs) it's like cool. It's it's, awesome. It's our thing. Like you you uh, you plan. You do all this. You do all this writing. You get all the location. You get everybody involved, and then once you're there, you say action. Once you put a camera on something, it fucking falls apart. That's what happens. Always. Guess where funding came from? Pe- uh. <laughs> Peculiarly, uh, the, the production was invested by Led Zeppelin, Pink Floyd, Jethro Tull's Ian Anderson, friend Michael White, the cricket team Heartaches, and three record companies, including Charisma Records, the company that distributed the Python's comedy albums. And band Genesis. So Genesis The was Genesis too, yeah. as well, yes. Yeah. So the, these people literally said, we think you guys are awesome, take our money. Well, so here's why. With that, the film had a budget of 410000 with those uh, contributing rock stars. Uh, they contributed that because uh, at that time, tax... Uh, for like the more rich in England was very very high, so they had ah, that as a tax write off. Cool. For them. So they're like, we like these guys. Yep. 
we can actually support something cool yeah. while also saving money. It's badass. That's really badass. Amazing. Monty Python shot mostly in and around Scotland with uh, Duane, Duane Castle, Glencoe, and Castle Stalker. <laughs> Band name. Thank you. Being Castle a, Stalker. Being a main set pieces. Uh, yeah. It, it, they had trouble like kind of securing uh, the, yeah. the castles and everything. That was mostly like the budget. But um, wow. as we see, we got them. With the budget so low, the production couldn't actually afford horses, so they straight up <laughs> made a joke out of it and had the performers mime the act of riding instead. That is so dumb, but it's like that's one of the most <laughs> iconic things. In this movie. If they had actually been on horses, is this a whole different movie I, yeah. from the start? I, I mean, they make a joke out of not having enough money. <laughs> that is creativity. Yeah. Like, that's to a T. Like, I, I think Rob Zombie... To me, yes. it probably said somewhere else, but Rob Zombie said it. He's like, uh, more limitations make you more creative if you just throw money at it. Oh, true. I know. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Holy Grail was released in the UK on April 3rd, 1975, and in the US on April 27th, 1975. The film made $5 million overall and has become a comedy classic. Well, we know, we know that you guys all have at least one friend or family member who loves this movie just as much as us uh, and just as much as you do. So hit that little share icon. Right now you're on your little podcast app. There's a little yep. share icon. You just hit it, and yep. it, you can straight message it to someone and say, listen to this. You got to. Sharing is the best way you can help support us. You can also go to confusedbreakfast.com, buy T-shirts, follow us on social, social media. Uh, I hear that that website's pretty <laughs> social cool. Social murders. Yeah. And, uh, and if you're caught up on all the episodes, you're looking for more, you're like, come on. Oh, we need more. Uh, join us on Patreon, patreon.com slash confusedbreakfast. There's like 70 plus hours of audio, of bonus audio content, cool extra stuff about the movies. You can vote on upcoming movies. You can be on the private Discord server, yeah. chat about stuff. Go check it out, patreon.com slash confusedbreakfast. You do that, you get an episode Wednesday and Thursday. Come on, Slap. you dummies. Well, up next we have AJ. He did some <laughs> research for us, and he's got ratings and reviews to share. What you got, man? Bring it in hot. We're going to the, the tomato meter. Gross. Ninety-seven percent. Again, this is three movies three in, in a row, row on the tomato meter. Critical that. rating ninety-seven percent. So right now, that's Big Ghostbusters, Groundhog Day, Roger Rabbit, Jaws, and Holy Grail. All ninety-seven percent. Wow. Ninety-seven percent. Yep. Certified fresh. And 98 was Princess Bride, yes. right? Yep. Okay. Mm. No, I don't, wanna, I don't know what will top that. I have no clue. I don't know. Citizen Kane. <laughs> I, I Next week. Don't want that. Uh, <laughs> the audience disagree at 95%. And then uh, IMDb rolls in at a nice clutch 8.2. That is mm. number five of all the movies we have done. That is the, top, the fifth highest one um, just below Reservoir Dogs, just above Jurassic Park. Nice. Wow. Is where that falls on IMDb. Damn. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Critics, they loved it. Like we just said, uh, the Baltimore Sun, it's still the holy grail of crazy comedy. Uh, Empire said, a medieval on your ass laugh riot. And the Chicago Tribune, an incredibly silly film of great humor, brilliant design, and epic insanity. Like one of the only, like, Lowest ones on here, 80, is uh, has a sense of humor that is in intellectual, even academic at heart, said yeah. the Los Angeles Times. Okay. I mean, so all over the place. It's just like everybody loves it. Does Some, everybody love it? <laughs> <laughs> no. Yep, here we go. Spoilers. Spoilers. If you're looking for a movie, don't watch this. This is the most overrated comedy. 
That's actually one that I'm about to yeah, read. Okay. Uh, two out of ten. <laughs> most overrated. Uh, this has to be the most overrated comedy I have ever seen. All the ten stars are most most definitely from all the nostalgic geeks out there. It is guaranteed that those who find this movie funny are either children or people with very dull humor, no intelligent jokes at all. Okay. But it's not like uh, child's humor. It's very the opposite of child's humor, kind of, I feel. It is a very niche kind of humor, though, which niche. we'll get into. Which one? Niche. 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 <laughs> we are the podcast using niche. <laughs> There's a shirt. <laughs> That's really good. Wow, there's a shirt. There's a shirt. Make it, AJ. All right. Uh, <laughs> Not gonna. No. <laughs> uh, two out of ten. Yawn, <laughs> said the big daddy. Yawn. <laughs> Yawn. I love that. God damn it. But I really think this one because of the... the this says, knee D's. I don't know what that means. I was uh, pretty bored at the whole movie. A bunch of people have told me how funny it was, but thinking back, they were all white guys with no rhythm. (laughs) (laughs) The movie was silly, but not funny. It was kind of painful to watch. I couldn't wait for it to end. Then again, maybe my hopes were just too high going into the movie. So is this you? I get that part. Your pinpoint, right? Yeah. So... No uh, rhythm, no rhyme, no bobsled time, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Come on now. Please. We're having fun. We're having a good time. <laughs> no, we're having a great time. This is really fun. Uh, <laughs> I never know if you're serious when he says that. I always feel like he's not having fun. <laughs> no, he's like, no, we're having fun. No, we're not. This is a highlight of my <laughs> year every time I do this. Uh, okay. <laughs> One out of cool ten. Cool segment, AJ. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> cool segment, AJ. One out of ten. Really, people? Best comedy ever? <laughs> This is the first time I write a review. I can tell. (laughs) I couldn't help it. I really can't understand how so many people find this movie to be great. It's almost unwatchable. I managed to watch half of it. It's one of the worst movies I've watched so far (laughs) in my life. I'm Ted. (laughs) I am Ted. Oh, that's man. it. Like that's like, like people go out of their way to write these things. <laughs> I know. They're always like, "This movie was such a waste of time." Let me go waste some more time to tell other people about it. I don't understand. <laughs> they really think they're just doing the world they a favor. Do. They seriously are like, "Someone's gonna read this." Yeah, they're like, oh, God, I "Can't wait to save so many people." Divert so much your time. eyes because this sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I also don't know how to write. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm also an idiot. I, I am the stop sign <laughs> of this movie. Sorry, folks. Detour, sorry, sorry. turn around. <laughs> sorry, folks. Movie sucks. <laughs> <laughs> movie sucks. Moose outside to told you. IMDb review should have told you. <laughs> yeah, we, need a, we need a John Candy movie. Obviously, he's been coming up two weeks in a row. <laughs> oh. Good, good job, everybody. Uh, guess what? <laughs> Is that what I got? IMDb That's all I'm gonna do. The only it's the only funny part about it. Sorry, folks. <laughs> uh, are you uh, done with your segment there? Yeah. <laughs> okay. 
Well, before we get started on the full breakdown of Monty Python and the Holy Grail with the Modern Eye, I'm going to break down the fourth wall. I'm going to tell you how I personally prepare for the for each episode that we do. Uh-huh. Things are different now, guys. I have a baby. So with the birth of my young daughter, Willa, now... Um, you can no longer be an alcoholic. I, well, I made time for it. So I, I'm still on the couch. I've got my cat in my lap. Thank you. And I've got Willa in my left arm, and I've got my Cedar Ridge whiskey in my right arm. And I'm just like... <laughs> and I just kind of go... And of course, now I have to watch movies at like zero volume with closed captions on yes. it. But it's cool. It's cool and the the reason that that we love these movies is like the the warm nostalgia that these movies bring the memories they bring back and for me i think whiskey is such a catalyst to that mm. i think whiskey is one of those things that like makes things it enhances warm feelings and nostalgias i mean that's why that's why we're doing this podcast we love to feel that way and for me, for me the whiskey does the same thing for me it's popcorn for you it's whiskey <laughs> that's right love we've each got our vices i guess we got our vices <laughs> And you know, obviously, on this podcast, the choice of whiskey is Cedar Ridge Distillery from their flagship bourbon, quintessential American single malt, even their collaboration with Slipknot. Fuck yeah, dude. Eeyore. Eeyore. We are sudsing today, guys. It's not a secret that we are drinking Cedar Ridge whiskey right now. Uh, All of our local fans know, they already know this is the number one selling bourbon in the state of Iowa, two years running. But some of the listeners in the rest of the country maybe haven't heard of them, maybe never had a chance to get them. Cedar Ridge is one of the fastest growing whiskey distilleries in the entire country. They won Whiskey Distillery in 2017, Whiskey Distillery of the Year. Mm -hmm. Um, So it makes complete sense that we are partnered with this beautiful company because we we were named Podcast of the Year. I yeah. think we were. Oh, yeah. In our minds. Yeah. Someone can nominate us for that if you want to. Please. Yeah, podcast awards. Hit yeah. us up. But please, we beg you, this this Cedar Ridge Distillery, they support this podcast directly. So the best thing you can do to also help out is to go out and buy some Cedar Ridge whiskey. 100%. Help this great company out. If you're in Iowa, go to a store, pick some up today. If you're elsewhere uh, or if you got like a whiskey fan in your life that loves it, you can order it straight to your door. Go to cedarridgewhiskey.com. You can even pop into your local like liquor stores and be like, get Cedar Ridge whiskey, dummy. You need to sell it. Here. Yeah. Go ahead and pester them. That's tell all I'm saying. Tell really. them to get it. CedarRidgeWhiskey.com. That's all I want is CedarRidgeWhiskey.com. You guys go buy some. Get it. It and makes drink. everything better, and I don't know how sad that is. Mm. Enjoy responsibly. <laughs> <laughs> well, boys, what do you say we grab our trusty steeds and head out on a quest with our friends? We will surely run into lots of mischief, but we will most certainly finally be able to answer the age-old question, do coconuts migrate? <laughs> Dude. <laughs> I feel happy. Here we go. All right. <laughs> Hell yeah. In AD 1932, King Arthur and his squire Patsy traveled traveled Britain searching for men to join the Knights of the Round Table. Along the way, Arthur debates whether swallows could carry coconuts, passes through a town infected with the Black Death, recounts receiving Excalibur from the Lady of the Lake to two anarcho-syndicalist peasants. (laughs) I didn't write that. Uh, Defeats the Black Knight and observes an impromptu witch trial. So much off the bat happens in this movie. Mike, I have a question for you. Okay. You are a titles guy. You are intro titles guy. Yes. What do you think of these? I love it. Okay. Because it's just, it sets the stage. First of all, it's so weird. I don't get 
some of these older movies, maybe this was just a Monty Python thing, or maybe this was the old days, like, to have all the opening credits at the beginning was mm-hmm. maybe a thing. Was it, Sean? Like, uh, I, I mean, yeah, it was a choice sometimes. Okay. Yeah. So, so and t- by the way, at the end, there's just nothing. It just ends. Right. <laughs> but but to, to be able to get through, normally we talk shit about opening credits because it's just like, get, get on with it, yeah. just like Monty Python says. Yeah. But this, like, gives you... <laughs> It, it allows them to get through the credits while also like setting up this dumb humor that you're about yes. to experience. In right. Yes. And there's some funny moments. Like, <laughs> did he read it? It says, when it switches to the moose part, yeah. or no, when the moose starts <laughs> taking over, it says, suggestive poses for moose suggested by, and then it gives yeah. a name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> so stupid. So it's like uh, moose, moose nose wiper or something yeah, like yeah. that. Like, yeah. Why is this happening? Sorry about the uh, subtitles, guy. We sacked them. Yeah. Sorry about the sacked subtitles, guys, that we sacked. We sacked them the by the... responsible for the sack. <laughs> like, like, sorry if we changed the credits like halfway through. It's like goes to like mariachi music. Because as I'm going through these names like in my segment, like telling you like who wrote this and who's in the cast, it's the same people. Mm-hmm. So you're just like, it doesn't matter. We're no. going to make a joke out of it. They made a whole joke out of it. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. I think it's funny. They are the type of people that go, here's a funny joke. Let's just keep Let's pushing. keep it going. Let's just keep pushing that until it's not funny, and then it's and funny then it's again. Funny again. <laughs> like, it's, that's, that's what they do. That is my kind of comedy. Where yeah, it's because they're even long. Yeah, they're, like it, this is an hour and ha- uh, hour and a half movie. Yeah, yeah, and this is maybe ten minutes. Uh, it might not be that long, but it's it's up there. I should have I should have measured it out. Yeah, yeah, it's it's up there. Like it's it's. They commit to it. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that. I don't know why, um, like, upon rewatch, I didn't enjoy this more. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. I'm sorry. Like, I don't know why I didn't enjoy it more. Like, because, like, wh- the moment that they <laughs> crest the hill with the coconuts, and then <laughs> and then he just goes up onto the wall, and he's just like, it's like, are you going to tell your Lord? He's like, he just keeps, like, talking over him. <laughs> Over and he's also he's also very much physically literally over him. Yeah, like he just keeps talking <laughs> they're over. Great, him. They're great shots from from yeah. down and up. Those are great shots, yes. dude. He's just like, are you suggesting coconuts? My well, I mean, are you suggesting coconuts? My great. Well, you could have two swallows that they're carrying it on a string, and you got to do it. It's like, what are you talking about? This this whole thing, and like as soon as as soon as he came over the hill, and I realized that they had no horse, and it was the coconuts. I'm like, yeah, how is this not the greatest thing ever made at the time? You know, like it's that's definitely my kind of comedy, and I I want to get it out of the way right now. Like without this movie. Farce comedies are think so? never a thing. Like, yeah. What Hot American Summer is a treasure oh to my us. God. It is, this is like niche comedy. Like, this is an in joke between all of these guys. Yeah. And I know they've had their show for three or four years right. at this point, so they have an audience. And so they could be pulling from that as well. But it seems like to me that they're like, we find this shit funny. Yeah. And, and we're just going to do it. We're just going to do it. And I love that. You know, that's it's contagious when people are like, yes, when you know, like we we associate it with like music a lot because we are we took we take movie movies and music and we've all been in bands and like it's that moment when you've been in a band and and you're playing in front of a crowd that's maybe kind of hostile or sure. there's just not that many people there. If you show fear to be like, oh man, what are people yes. thinking about? They will feed off that. You're They'll be right. Like, Fuck these guys. Yeah. But if you just go. 
Fuck that audience. I don't care. We don't care. We're just going to put on a good show. They will then feed on that. And it's almost the yeah. same way for this comedy. Like, you're totally like, right. Are you going to come along for the ride or not? Because we're going. Great and We don't care if you're there. That's great. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Yeah. yeah. This whole And this whole argument... This there's so I'm gonna keep pointing this out as we go. This movie is like a prequel to modern social media, <laughs> the world we live in now. Like this uh, whole debate is a social media argument. It is. It's people just sitting there talking for no reason, chiming in for no reason, thinking they're the, the ones that know about something that doesn't matter. And and all that's missing wow. from this, it's, it is. <laughs> it is. You're 100% right. And this guy's just trying to, he's like, okay, move on. I need to get an answer to this question. And yeah. they're like, no, no, no. not done talking I'm about actually, this. I'm actually, I think I need to be right on this. And then it even moves on to Dennis, one of my favorite guys of the movie. Dennis is the the one being oppressed. Or oh yeah, uh, he's like, come, come <laughs> yes. see the violence inherent in the system. I'm being oppressed. I'm being arrested. Or, being repressed. Repressed. or he says repressed, repressed. I think yeah. But he's like it inserting politics into yes. something that doesn't like we're not talking. It doesn't politics. need to be. And it. he's doing it. Yes. He's like, no, I need to tell you about all the stuff I've been reading on the internet. Right? I did like, not think about that. Oh, that God. is brilliant. There's even more stuff in it. Like they were almost a prequel to like predicting just how pe- people suck. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> our, the modern world sucks. And then no one's listening to King Arthur. He's like, no, I'm here. I'm your King. I really need to find this. They're like, well, no, hold on. We got to talk about this. <laughs> I didn't vote for you. <laughs> He's there packing mud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're like mud farmers. Yeah. Or something. There's some great filth over here. It's like the Billy Madison bit. It's like, oh, here's yeah. a nice piece of shit. Yeah. That, and that is such a funny moment to me. I've always laughed so hard. And he goes, he goes, excuse me, old woman. And he goes, I'm 37. What? Well, I'm 37. You can't exactly call me old. <laughs> and also, I'm a man. <laughs> it's like, okay, I don't care. It's like, technically, yeah, when you think about it, like, 37 isn't that old. Yeah. <laughs> and that's Mike, right? King of the Who. <laughs> um, Bring out your dead. Okay. <laughs> Bring out your dead. Bring out your dead. I, okay, I like, as far as, like, this movie is, like, a farce yes. of, like, these times and, and, like, just, like, the whole biblical holy grail kind of thing, the epic movie, you could say, I think that the 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 split of direction of Terry Jones and Terry Gilliam was kind of a brilliant Didn't marriage. they literally just go, okay, you do that scene, I'll do that scene? Terry, Terry Gilliam... Or yeah, Terry Jones was more like a comedic guy. He's like he wanted the bits to be perfect and everything. And Terry Gilliam was like, actually, the setting and how we frame and and get the audience involved into the bit is as important as the bit. And with that juxtaposition together, I think you don't have these bits working at all. Yeah. And Terry Gilliam's gone on to be a prolific director, you know, Brazil and everything like that. Mm. I think that his detail, it, the, the production design is staggering. Yeah. Like for 1975 and the budget that they had, <laughs> I know. The, the costumes and everything and like all the mist everywhere and everything, like all the mud, all the filth. Oh, that street looks so gross. Yeah. How do you know he's royalty? Oh, he doesn't have shit all have, over. That was improv. Yes. Apparently. <laughs> oh, and the best part is that at the end of the movie, he gets, sh- he gets like a, a bedpan yes, of yes, shit yeah. dropped on him. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, bring bring out your dad is probably bring like, out your dad. <laughs> cling cling. Bring out your dad. <laughs> like, it's like, like I'm not dead. It's like, it's like I don't want to go on the car. I don't want to go on the car. Well, would you just wait around for a couple minutes? I'm oh, sorry, I can't. That's against regulation. <laughs> it's against regulation. I feel happy. 
<laughs> yeah, that was so good. See, the, these movies are hard to do for know, us because we like we try and write jokes, but the jokes are already written. The jokes, the jokes are, written, are already written, man. so we'll just redo it for yeah. you. Uh, all, all we're doing is just reiterating, hey, this is a funny fucking movie. <laughs> hey, in case you haven't seen it in a while, just go check it out. Yeah. It's pretty funny. We can't come up with anything better. The <laughs> the Black Knight thing is really funny to me because they're, they're these subtle things. Like, I try to be so... Cr- I've seen this movie a million times, so yeah. I was trying to be more critical of the, the subconscious stuff that I don't realize. Like, these, I listen to the jokes. They're funny. But this one, when they're... And then it would switch to the Black Knight fighting a guy, and the music went away, and it was like, yeah. oh, yeah, and then... I think that was a brilliant, weird choice. Yeah. Like, why not just have the movie, the music still playing, and they would just switch back and forth, but the music would stop when it was like, ah! Yeah. I think at the same time, they're commenting on, like, the the parliaments of what they're, the story they're telling yeah. of the time, they're also commenting on like cinema in general okay. because I, I I I really truly think that they are fans of movies. Obviously, they are fans of like comedy, but they also see comedy in like Ben Hur. Okay, you know they see comedy in these like epic movies that they've seen before, and they're farcing them. Yeah, you know they and it's like there's this epic. These are their, these are your heroes, but then this is like the 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 people they're oh, gonna no. meet here soon, you know. Especially when they say like, "Oh, that's the guy from Scene Twenty Four. <laughs> Obviously, I mean, come on, that's so good. <laughs> and this Black Knight thing's so funny to me because he's like he's guarding this bridge, and it's just it's literally like a four foot gap. Yeah, like you could just go a half mile around the corner and just cross. Yeah. You don't have to fight the Black Knight. <laughs> it's not like some mega thing that this is the only way to cross. Right, exactly. <laughs> and then he's got a little tent behind him yeah. that he like clearly lives in. So like, what if he's going to the bathroom? Or what if you just sit back <laughs> in the bushes and wait for him to go to sleep? At some point, he's got to go in his little tent and yeah. sleep or take a shit or something exactly. like that. So you just wait. I, I, <laughs> he's got to keep I, his quota up, man. He's got to keep his quota. People were idiots back then. Oh, man. <laughs> well, and I feel like you have this, you have this joke and we wouldn't have like Robin Hood men in tights yes. playing at the same thing later on down yes. the road, you know, and Mel Brooks pulling from this with the little John fight. 100%. You're absolutely right. We wouldn't it's have like, Zucker Brothers if it wasn't for this. You, kind you of don't, shit. man. You don't, you don't have airplane. You don't have naked gun, you know, that kind of stuff. So the success of this movie allowed people to feel the freedom to do stuff like this. Yeah, absolutely. I like, think so. I think it was all kind of happening at the same time, yeah. too, because airplane was kind of 70s and, st- yeah. and stuff. But, you know, I think, I think that. That the British sense of humor yeah. as well was also a, a, a deep part of like desensitizing you, especially to like violence and comedy too. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially when he's like getting dismembered and stuff. Yeah, because yeah. it's funny, it's hilarious. Yes. It's like, oh, this is like this is comical. You've described it before as uh, people are laughing and somebody's like dying. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, like, why is this a thing? And this really absolutely plays on that. That like. And it was really gruesome. Doesn't doesn't he run it is. the other night like through the face or yes. something? Yeah, and you're just like, oh my god, blood <laughs> spurts out. Yeah, yeah, and like I, this is. I have a note. I'm just like the the juxtaposition of violence and comedy. I think that's me seeing this at such a young age melded that together and was like, oh, that can be really funny in in a certain context. You know, if you tell it in a certain way, it can be really really yeah. funny. And not just horrifying all at the same time. The violence inherited in the system. <laughs> system of a down. <laughs> um, like, uh, and and I always I always come back because uh, thinking about 
one of the comments made in one of our esteemed re- reviewers yes. that I read that they're thinking like this is childish comedy and it's like it is though it's it's childish but it's very smart yes because yes. of the dialogue like the they rattle these things off and they're talking about like socioeconomic problems <laughs> And just rattling it off as if it's just normal conversation. If, if you yeah. think that's childish, I don't, I don't know who you are because if you can't see the subtext yeah, in that, yeah, yeah. then you are not smart. Then you're not getting it. <laughs> well, it, yeah, you can't th- expect to, to wield supreme power because some watery tart threw a sword <laughs> at you. <laughs> <laughs> and it's true. It's like it's like making fun it's of making, the British monarchy. Like, yes. oh, cool, just because you were born in that bloodline makes you the ruler. Yeah. <laughs> Some watery tart. <laughs> I mean, if I went around saying I was an emperor because some moistened bint had loved a scimitar at me, people would put me away. <laughs> it's that so is, true. That is not, that's not child. You can't call that childish because of how yes. smart it is. But yeah. then that same guy is packing mud on top of mud. So, like, it is. You're it's right. hilarious because, look, he's playing in the mud. Here's some good filth. Uh, <laughs> Some good <laughs> well, and then even okay, so like the wit, the witch stuff. I mean, even before this, like as they set this scene up, you can see a guy connecting coconuts to a swallow. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes, like, yes. yes. I, oh, I realized that this time around that that they were they were setting that up, and they were. <laughs> 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 oh yeah, I know what you're talking see, about. See, that's one thing. Like you, you suggest that in dialogue, and then you show it physically <laughs> in, a, in a shot. It is so good. Oh. And they never let it go. They yes. just keep coming back. It just to it. always keeps coming. <laughs> keep back going back around. to it. But yeah, you get into like the witch scene. Like that's a that's a that's a take on like modern cancel culture almost yeah. too. Like they're basically like we we want to make this lady a witch, and that that's so funny to me because it's so dumb. This whole thing is so dumb about uh, and what also floats little tiny rocks. You know, like yeah. <laughs> but but then they get they get to this roundabout way. And you're like, oh, well, that doesn't make sense. But then she actually does weigh <laughs> yeah, the same yeah, as, as, a a duck. as a duck. Yeah. yeah. And she says, uh, she says, um, it's a fair cop. She says, <laughs> yeah. do, you know what, do you know what that in British slang? She like they, they weigh them out and she goes, it's a fair cop. Uh, it, it's basically an admission that the speaker has been caught doing wrong and deserves punishment. So she was a witch. Oh. Even though this stupid thing. This stupid thing is happening. She was a witch. Yeah. But they don't. They didn't really have any proof up to no, this point. They put the nose on her. Yeah, they put the. Like, <laughs> oh, they put this on me. She's just a groovy chick. Yeah, yeah. that's the kind of woman I like. <laughs> I'm telling you. And she's wearing a hat. It's like <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's an oil can it's or something oil, like yeah, that. Yeah. I want to talk about too. Also in this scene, because like from our beginning scenes to this, you can see multiple actors portraying multiple characters. Yeah. And how great that is. This is just like everything that I wanted in high school to yeah. be. Like, after seeing this movie and like Wet Hot American Summer and th- and, and uh, movies like that, you were just like, I wanted to make skit movies. Right. And like Airplane and every, like all those farce comedies and everything. I wanted to do this kind of thing. Yeah. And I think they do it brilliantly by just like, well, we don't have a budget, so we'll, we'll all just play and they don't really hide several it. characters. kind of like, yeah, that's exactly. the same guy. Yeah, we'll but just you, put a mustache on But you on buy it. it. You're yeah. like, oh, cool, that's a different guy. It's so funny. And I think in yeah. that scene, too, where they're like debating the witch, uh, I, I don't know if it's John Cleese or not. John Cleese, who's... Uh, he's, he's like biting his scythe. No, that's Eric Idle. Eric Idle, <laughs> okay. He's biting his scythe, and he's he's... 
actually holding back laughter <laughs> at that point. <laughs> it's like biting a scythe. I'm like, oh, because it'd be so much fun to make a movie like oh, this. Oh, no, dude. Uh, jo- John Cleese Thanks. earlier in that scene, uh, like, turned his head to the side real quick, like, because he was just trying to, okay, I can't show my friends that I'm about to laugh kind yeah. of thing. Because that is hilarious. They were just being, they're just like saying stupid they're shit. Just being silly, Turn making a movie, a man. It's like giving I like, got better. I got better. It's like giving us three a Patreon to do this show. It's like giving us three a budget to make a movie where we just do our thing. Yes. Yeah. So it like, you know, I think that's beautiful. Well, yeah. they they had such a terrible time filming this movie. They like, did. The actors are so they look back on this not very fondly. They're like, it was terrible. But but you think about that in a negative way, going, oh, did they not get along? It's like, no, they clearly loved being around each other and right. making each other. That might have been the only saving grace in this movie is that they were there together having funny scenes and having funny moments. But the rest of it was just a fucking nightmare. Well, even they like, hated it. Even like last week with Jaws, they, they like, oh, God. As, as soon as uh, uh, filming wrapped on Jaws, Steven Spielberg was like, I think they're going to throw me off this fucking boat. Because <laughs> they, like, they were threatening him just like, this is such a bad time. and We had such a horrible time working with you and he was such like a monarch but i think when you go to like you film on location like this movie in scotland you know you film on location and you have all this all these delays with like weather and everything like that you're gonna get something good out of it because you've struggled so much yeah you know it's i I think there's something to that where like like spielberg was like no we're gonna film this movie on the ocean and it's like why are you doing that we could just film it in a pool we want to be authentic as possible. Yeah. But when you'd have that happen and when you film on location in Scotland, like these guys did, you're going to have weather and yep. everything affect you. But I think it makes you more creative and I think I it makes it a better product. I've, I've heard that we've heard that before. And like, yeah, it forces you, it forces your creativity. Yes. You have to work around this. There is no other option. And it's, it always ends up being a better product. Yeah. yeah. Well, scene two, Arthur recruits Sir Bedivere the Wise, Sir Lancelot the Brave, Sir Galahad the Pure, and Sir Robin the Not-Quite-So-Brave as Sir Lancelot. Arthur <laughs> leads the knights to Camelot, but as they turn away, God appears and orders Arthur to find the Holy Grail. Arthur and his knights unsuccessfully storm a French castle. Arthur decides the knights should go their separate ways to search for the Grail. Hell yeah, dude. <clears throat> I, I still think to this day one of the hardest I laugh is when they 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 get to camp, they're like Camelot, <clears throat> and they go and they're yeah. doing they're doing the dance. The whole with, dance uh, scene is so good. But individually in that, when there's like blam 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 blam, and then it cuts to the the old man chained up and he's clapping, yeah. <laughs> and the music the music goes to like kind of quiet because he's in the dungeon, but yes. he's here <laughs> and he looks really happy. I don't know why that's he's, so fucking. He's hearing funny it from me. above yes. him. <laughs> it's so I like that's the stupid. That's something that you could write in a script, and somebody be like. Th- take why, that out of the script. We, we don't just need a that random script. like musical no, montage. No, don't just, just don't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have a budget. Why are you writing a <laughs> and song? And it's all them again. All the guys exactly. doing the dances is all of them. Like ham and jam and spam a lot. Like I love that. <laughs> just like the Knights of Camelot. Ham yeah. and jam and spam a lot. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's one of the lines from <laughs> Never mind. The lyrics, we, yeah. We shouldn't go there. It it is a silly place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they just there there it is. We're at Camelot. We're not gonna go in. And that's probably what they're Original script was probably like, yeah, we're actually going to go into camp. Oh, we can't. We don't have rights to film that castle, exactly. so let's just rewrite it and go somewhere else. Yeah. Yes, 
think that's... It's just like these morons who got money to make a movie. I love it. Well, from uh, bands that they idolized. <laughs> that'd, be like, that'd be like Burt Kreischer being like, hey, guys, here's $400,000. Improve your podcast. Yeah. It'd, be like, it'd be like Fred Durst what? giving us money to go, like, go on tour. Exactly. Yes. Or Good Charlotte. Or Good Charlotte. <laughs> There's this, this is one of those things, uh, the way that I... <laughs> this is one of those fuck yourself. Way that what? <laughs> one of the, the ways that I like describe this this type of comedy. Um, I I just I think about it all the time because of all these movies that I love that are spawned from this, mm-hmm. and it's not breaking the fourth wall all the time to me, but I think it's thinking outside the fourth wall. Because they're fully aware of it, yeah. but they don't always let you let you in on it. They're trying to, but they are trying to think outside. And I don't know. It's it's very tough to describe because right. they aren't going to break it every time. It's it's not it's not Dark Helmet saying everybody got that. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, what yeah. I mean. Yeah. It, it's a little bit smarter. It's a little bit smarter yeah. than that. Like a little bit more cheeky, I guess. Yeah, it's a little bit more cheap. Yeah, it's a little more cheap. It's a little more cheap. It's like they yeah. like they have what they have, yeah. and they're they're realizing that they're making a movie, and they're realizing the audience watching the movie is watching a movie, right? So they're saying they're gonna be like, oh, that's the guy from Scene Twenty Four. You know, it's yeah. it. I know what you're yeah. saying. It is hard to explain, and yeah. but it is. If you are into that kind of humor, like you are totally in, yeah. you know. And if right. you aren't, then I, you're you're giving it a one star and saying don't come this way. Yeah. Detour. Detour. And you've got like some of that animation so funny to me, like the trumpets out of the butt, like that used to make me laugh so much. Oh, like where they're bent over, and they're yeah, yeah, yeah. And the guy that jumps over and flips around, and his skirt falls down, and yeah. his butts out, like that. That was always so funny to me as a kid. Um, then you get like the god, the god scene. Like I think that's hilarious. They clearly have. If you've seen Life at Brian, Life of Brian, like they have an aversion to religion, and, yeah. and it's yeah, just yeah. funny how they. I love how they present God in this movie of just like, oh, stop! What are you doing? We're averting our eyes. Oh God, stop doing that! <laughs> He's like, this. He's like, why is everybody doing that? It's so funny to me. Well, it's. I mean, we haven't mentioned it yet, but like all the influences that this came off of South Park. Oh my God! I mean, that animation is just like yeah, clearly it is. It, I mean, Terry Gilliam did all that animation. Apparently, uh, he's the guy later who drops dead of the animation oh that's, that's terry right. gilliam <laughs> um yeah i mean that's that's it's so good in that in that way uh yeah it's a blessing a blessing from the lord uh, <laughs> <laughs> love how he delivers that line i i just like i, I want to read just a little bit of um uh, of their song because it was it's just very what funny song? to me of of the uh Please. sorry the camelot song Please. uh so like the first it's just one says, such a quick scene. Yeah, it's so fast, and I don't think people realize what they're <laughs> really. Get. We're knights of the round table. We dance whenever we're able. We do routines and chorus scenes with footwork impeccable. We dine <laughs> well here. Impeccable. Yes, thank you. <laughs> we dine well here in Camelot. We eat ham and jam and spam a lot. <laughs> thank you. Yes, I love that. <laughs> oh my God. That's where spam a lot goes. Right? Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. That's just so good. Uh, we're Knights of the Round Table. Our, show, our shows are formidable. Or no, our shows are uh, for mid-able. For mid-able. <laughs> but many times we're given rhymes that are quite unsingable. 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 
That's so fucking dumb. <laughs> we're, we're, we're opera mad in Camelot. We sing from the diaphragm a lot. <laughs> Is that, he says we sing from the diaphragm a lot. Diaphragm a lot. <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. We shouldn't go there. It's a silly place. I wouldn't go there. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I don't want to see that. It's just like it's so it's so funny. Uh, in war, we're tough and able. Quite indefeatable. <laughs> Between our quests, we sequin vests and impersonate Clark Gable. <laughs> Which it's makes a no busy sense. life in Camelot. Oh, it's it's so good. Uh. <laughs> so like where they all their e- money went to. They could have easily just not had that in the movie. But yes. Like, no, this is funny. Are we too uh, the uh, French? The French. Yeah, we're at the French. If that's okay. what you're looking for. Yeah, the French. I think that's John Cleese up there, right? It definitely is. Okay. Yes. Every single bit of his dialogue is is like what you think of when you think of this movie, yes. right? Like when like when you look up like Monty Python and the Holy Grail, you're gonna get like oh a clip of this scene. Yes. You know, you you think I fart in your general direction, <laughs> like you think that immediately when you think of Monty Python and yeah. the Holy Grail. What what was weird though? I I haven't gone back to figure this out. He goes, so they are French, they are they're French soldiers, right? Mm-hmm. But he goes, he turns to him, he goes, I told them we're French or something like that, didn't it? Yeah. Or is he just is is it a joke that they're he's overplaying like the French accent just to be a funny guy or I, I couldn't figure yeah, that. it could be because then he turns he goes I told him we're French yeah and he says it in a normal voice almost while they're snickering back there <laughs> yeah <laughs> there's there's something about that that we're like there he's in on the joke as well but there's also something about like his. I know the way he's holding I don't know what it is about just like his hands uh, like gripping the edge of the castle just like and I fought in your general direction uh, <laughs> you're just keeping these here <laughs> your father was a hamster <laughs> <laughs> and he does he says uh, uh, fetches lavage fetches lavage you know what that stands for it's French for no fetch the cow like they really, it was really, dude, fetch a lavage. The fact that they launch animals at them, but like it's so brilliant because they obviously most of them are fake and you can tell. Yes. They're obviously most of them are fake and you can tell, but then there's like the occasional duck like <laughs> flapping its wings, trying to get away and everything. So it's like it's, they're, yeah, they're doing good. You know, they're thinking of, it's it's epitome of like farce and reality. Correct. It's, it's Terry, uh, Terry Jones and Terry Gilliam. In kind that of meeting one together, together. It's like the fake, the fake shit, and then the real shit. It makes it better, you know. <laughs> I love it. Then I you, then it. you hear they're they're making. I have an idea, <laughs> and they they're making the uh, the Trojan horse. But you hear like power tools yeah. happening in the forest, <laughs> <laughs> like a saw, a, a blade saw, and he and he does the <laughs> <laughs> like the over the over animated look. Yeah. It's just so funny. And that's such a dumb, that's so dumb, but it's still so funny. It is. They're like, well, then what happens next? Well, then me and Lancelot <laughs> and you jump out of the rabbit. Wait, uh, jump out of the, uh, like it's a dumb you jump, jump out of the rat. <laughs> well, wait, what if we, uh, <laughs> but they're like the only people that can make that work. I yes. feel, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's, you kind of see it coming a little of bit, of course, but also, I because you saw it come when you're kind of like ah, it's it's satisfying. Yeah, still works. Yeah, still I don't works. I don't really care that I saw it coming. <laughs> 
Well, scene three on the Knights travels, Arthur and Bedivere run into the Knights who say knee. Sir Robin avoids a fight with a three-headed knight. Sir Galahad is led by a grail-shaped beacon to Cathal Anthrax. Cathal? <laughs> Castle Anthrax, which is full of young women, but is unwillingly rescued by Lancelot. Lancelot receives an arrow shot note from Swamp Castle and storms the castle. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure that the minstrels for Sir Robin are some of my favorite like yes <laughs> that guy the guy that's doing the singing is so perfect cuz definitely he's... brave not a pussy at all <laughs> It's just funny because he goes, and with his eyes shot out and his liver caved in and his bed and then he goes, and his penis and it stops and he goes, oh, stop that. It's like, what happens to his penis? It's like how he's looking back the whole time. He's like, brave Sir Robin. And he's he's doing this dance and he's tapping on a little tambourine while he's looking at Robin. I, I think they're one of the most understated parts of this movie is, yes. their, is their minstrel part. His head smashed in and his heart cut out and his liver removed and his bowels unplugged and his nostrils raised. And his bottom burned off. <laughs> and his penis. And his penis split. And his, <laughs> and no, his and he stops it right there. He goes, and his penis. <laughs> and his cuts. That's enough music for a while, lads. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's uh, so funny to me, man. I'm very brave. I'm very brave. I'm very brave. I'm very brave. <laughs> I'm very brave. <laughs> the, night, the nights you say knee, it's like you want to you wanna hate this joke so much because it is, like AJ said, it is like the knee. Yeah, like it's like oh, it was funny. You've seen the movie, right? But it's really funny to me because he's who plays the the one on the tall. Oh, is that um, maybe Eric Idle? No, that's not Eric Idle. Um, In the center, who, who's the main one who's saying that? He's the one who he's my favorite voice in them. I think um, I, I think you're isn't right. isn't that Graham Chapman? It might be because he doesn't he also play Arthur? No, Graham Chaps. No, no, no. Graham Ch Graham Chapman's Arthur. Yeah, so. that's why. Yeah, I thought it was no, him no, no. again. To be no, honest, he's the one that's. Uh, yeah, he, I just think he's my favorite of the Monty Python. The way his voice is. Something I think like, he's also the, way he the one it. describing the grenade later. Yes, I yes, think so. He is. Okay, he is. And and I apologize to our listeners. I I've never been good at knowing who was who in there. There's a lot of them. there's a lot of them, but I just love it. He's like we require a shrub. Which one is that? A shrub. What does that say? Oh, Michael Palin. Yeah, he's nice. the main one. Okay. So he, uh, we require something and something, something nice. Make, nah. it, make it nice <laughs> and not too big. <laughs> not, like, too, not too big. I just love the, his delivery in that. So like, I want to hate this scene because it's like the famous one, but it's still funny to me every time. In fact, the, the guys, the background going me, me, and they kind of pop up and then go back down. Like, <laughs> no, I, it's so funny to me, <laughs> it's man. It's really great. Yeah. And you know, it's just like the entire crew or like the entire yeah comedic it's just everybody troop. here put this weird costume on and sit back there and <laughs> it's like they're in that scene and then they have to do their other scenes in another character in another costume yep. it's just like that's so much fun man damn I want to do this. Let's do this. Let's make a movie. All right. Let's do it. Come on. <laughs> Who's got 400,000 bucks for us yeah. with inflation? <laughs> with inflation. What is that? It's like a million bucks. Yeah. It's got to be. The uh, the Cathal, Cathal, I can't say it. Castle. What's going on? Castle yeah. Anthrax. Yeah. It's funny to me because I remember like, remember as like a teenager watching this just being like, this is this is, oh, why doesn't he want to stay? This is awesome. This is awesome. Oh, they like he should, they should just lock the door and he should just stay there forever. The only yeah. thing young Mike needs is a Jaws. That's all. Is a shark to come out and hey. turn him on. Hey, we don't talk about that anymore. <laughs> Will you let it go? Oh, like, and, and they all have such weird names. Like it's Zoot and it's, uh, <laughs> there's a bunch of weird names. Come. Just Zoot. <laughs> just Zoot. <laughs> oh, for naughty, bad, stupid Zoot. <laughs> Uh, I mean, They're all I, nurses? 
They're, yeah. They can't all be nurses. <laughs> I love that. I mean, what would you do? I mean, like, truly. Galahad would you taste. be overwhelmed? Or could you handle that kind of Just, that kind of thing? What? <laughs> that kind of Beatlemania. You know what I'm talking oh, about? Beatlemania. The Beatlemania. Well, uh-huh. First thing, we talked about this in... Uh, Ro- or we talked about this in Reservoir Dogs, like lock the door. <laughs> yeah, that's the first thing I would do lock is be like, door. "Well, turn that beacon off. Lock these doors." What What does he say? He cu- he comes in to save them. For, he say he saves them. Lancelot comes yeah. in to save them. I think I'm good here. And he's like, oh. he finally comes around. He goes, "No, no, no, I'm good here. I'm good. <laughs> good. I think I think we're good. I think I'm good." Like, <laughs> there's, a, I think there's a thing at the end of that. He goes, well, "You're probably gay or something like that." He goes, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. <laughs> I think he says that to Lance a lot. Uh, okay. He goes, "We can stay there together." He goes, "No, we don't want to do this. You're gay." You? <laughs> no, 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 no. It no, doesn't no. matter. It doesn't. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't matter. I guess, I guess, like in traditional lore, like Lancelot is supposed to be Galahad's father or something like that. So it sort of makes sense that he was oh. like, yeah, coming to his rescue. Something but, about that in old lore, I guess. I mean, they are basing all all this yeah. stuff off of that original story, and it's like they're keeping to. Like it's kind of like the Green Knight. Like I think Ger- Gawain is in this story. Yeah. Some like one he's in, he's mentioned like one time really? in this. He's like one of the one of the Knights of the Round Table, I think. Um, knights of the Round Table. table. <laughs> but like I, we'll get to it at the end, I think. But it's kind of just like a LARP. <laughs> it's basically <laughs> a LARP. Kind of is. Yeah. Speaking of, um, maybe my favorite scene in the movie is the whole Swamp Castle thing. It's really fun from start to finish, from the from the king and the son. In the in the top of the castle to the storming of it, the kid. I'm just going to keep resorting this to modern day. The the son in the castle who keeps wanting to sing is basically like a modern <laughs> kid and like wanting to do TikTok dances yes, all the time. Yes, like, but wow. uh, hold on, I gotta. <clears throat> I gotta do this dance. Yeah. He's like, stop that, stop that. I feel like I'll be that way with Willow. Like, Willis, not everything's a TikTok dance. What are we doing here? Yeah. Stop that, stop that, stop that. <laughs> and the bit, I think they asked a lot of the dudes from Monty Python, like, what your favorite bit was from that. And a lot of them said this scene: the yes. "We're not to leave unless anyone else comes in to get him." And like, no, wait, what? No, so we we leave and then no one else comes yes. in to get yeah. him. Like, yes. hold on, that's not what I said. A lot of them say that that's one of their favorite. favorite it is bits so in this good. Movie. It's so. Smart. Because it's yeah. like it's it's beating the the bit yes. to death, and then reviving it again. Yeah, that's what that's what they do constantly. Yes, and it, I don't know how they do it so congruently, one next to an, <laughs> to another. You know. Yeah, yeah. Don't let don't let him leave unless I come back and say we won't let him leave as long as we're here. Like what? <laughs> it's like wait, what? I don't think you're getting it. No. <laughs> like, and even when when the sun like. He gets the idea to write on the note, and he writes on the note, and he walks over, and he shoots the arrow. <laughs> they keeps cutting back to them, and they're going... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're just kind of staring yeah, at him. Yeah, we going, got it. Yeah, We're pretty yeah. good at this. <laughs> and then even when he storms the castle and he runs in, he goes, aha! And he goes, now nah, we're not supposed to let you in, and he gets killed real quick. <laughs> yeah. But that that running at the camera thing... It's so funny. Did, did, you, did you hear that supposedly... So that was one of the last scenes they filmed. Yes. And they did it like in London. They did it in London, yeah. In a park. And I guess he was standing there because that was uh, John Cleese back there. Mm-hmm. And he was standing there in full like knight's regalia back by this force. And people were walking by. They're like, what are you doing? He's like, nothing. <laughs> he's just waiting for like a visual cue for them to be like, all right, come on, start running. We're filming. So he's just standing there in knight's armor like in some park in London. <laughs> There's footage of him because they, they didn't like the original uh, take that they had of him running in Scotland. So and he was like 
<laughs> like flailing like this. That was the joke. And I don't know if they directed him to do that or if he just like kind of ran like that because the uneven ground in Scotland. I don't know. But in London, they, they just didn't like that take, so they did it again in London and got this take and just like used it over and over so, again. So initially, they probably weren't going to do the over and over thing, right? I don't know. Maybe. I think I just, it is, again, have you guys ever seen the movie Kung Pao? They did this in Kung Pao. Yeah, where same they thing. Just, same thing where you see him and he's running and then they'll say, show another clip where he's a little yeah. closer and then the, the next <laughs> clip after that, he's further back again. <laughs> he's just We've like, talked about right. this in another movie, right. which is why you brought this up. Yes. In another movie we did this in. It's a, and it's, it's, this is, it all stems from this, this movie, man. They do that four or five times in this and then all of a sudden he's just there just... <laughs> Ah! <laughs> so that's that's like what they're saying in cinema, man. Like they're just like commenting on their like this. No, we're breaking down the walls of like traditional cinema and like tension building yes. in traditional cinema. We're just gonna do this and make it our own. It's just so funny. And the timpani. It's it's the same thing. The sound design. Like they show him running. It's going. Yes. It's nothing. <laughs> and it's the same thing. It's 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 hilarious. And then it's like, oh, they're gonna keep doing this, huh? Yeah. And then it's hilarious again. Ah! And then he's back. <laughs> and he kills everybody just, he sees. I tried to count. I think he kills like twenty four people <laughs> in that scene. Because the whole body count in this movie is fifty four. That's oh a big gosh. body count. That's huge. And I'm pretty sure he does half of them in this scene. He just ha ah, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. And then he even chops the flowers off the wall. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I have to mention that he he uh uh the 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 historian the yes, random historian yes. that gets cut down and then the cops they keep creeping in on creeping in creeping in on this production yes. we'll just get we'll just give that a little a little tease because <laughs> that's what the movie does it's so great yeah yeah uh, anything else on that scene should we move along I think I am good so scene four Arthur and his knights regroup and meet Tim the Enchanter who directs them to a cave where the location of the Grail is said to be written. A killer rabbit uh, battle takes place inside the cave. They find an inscription directing them to Castle Arg. An animated cave monster devours Brother Maynard, and Arthur and the knights escape after the animator unexpectedly suffers a fatal heart attack. Apparently, John Cleese, as Tim the Enchanter, apparently he actually was on those rocks. Those like crazy little pillars where he was doing the pyrotechnics. Yeah. And I guess they, they didn't have the budget. They're like, we really need you to stand up there. <laughs> and he could have been one step away from just falling to his death up there. Yeah. Because it was truly, if you go back and look at it, he's just on this weird little real pinnacle rock just sitting there going, God. <laughs> it's oh nuts. God. I mean, they, they, they one, step from, one step from his death or one step from being like, um, extremely maimed for yes. the rest of his life. Yeah. Stand there. Jeez. And I guess he would crouch down when the wind would get really whipping and heavy. Oh, yeah. He would like kind of crouch down and hold mm -hmm. his balance. And then, okay, I think the wind went away to action. I think there's a myth too, where he's Jeez. like, what, what is your name? I'm Tim. I think he they forgot. call me. They think he Tim? forgot his line. Really? Forgot like what his uh, name was actually supposed to be in the script. So he just came up with like, Oh, Tim and it was just funny. Oh, okay, so they just kind of kept it. I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah. But that's not. It's not true though. I I don't know. It's a myth. I think I saw that, and I think it was a myth for a long time. But I think he he went against that. And he's like, no, that was John Cleese did. I think he yeah. said that. Okay, mm -hmm. I'm gonna believe your your story though. Well, I, you know, it's funny. I like it. Yeah, Tim the Enchanter. That's a that's a hilarious Tim the role. Enchanter. <laughs> <laughs> they call me Tim. <laughs> Tim. I think that this is. 
some of the funniest stuff here too. Like the killer rabbit scene is hilarious to me because Tim's Tim's doing like his spitting monologue where all this spits coming out of his mouth. Yeah, <laughs> and fangs and teeth. And psh, he's just spitting everywhere. And I love how they get there. And John Cleese's delivery of the look, <laughs> it's just a rabbit. <laughs> he goes, and then he, it's just so funny that like you're you're doing what the money the cast is doing. You're going, I'm scared of this cave monster. Yeah. Oh, it's just a bunny rabbit. Oh shit, it's a bunny, it's a killer bunny <laughs> rabbit. And there's like blood all over the rabbit. Uh, shit, those scenes were incredible. Yeah, I th- like, and this is like one of the most contentious. Uh, kind of filmmaking parts in this movie was like they borrowed that rabbit from like some owner of a white rabbit. What? And they had to do, they, it was such a low budget, they had to distract the owner on set oh, no. to make sure they could like bloody the, the, the real rabbit up. Oh my God. And then while they were distracting it, they were like trying to clean it as, as like fast as possible on set. Like, oh shit, she's fucking looking. Oh shit. And like she actually looked over and like they couldn't get like the red dye out of the out of the rabbit in time. And she, she was like really fucking pissed. It's <laughs> just like just goes to show like they they even said themselves, like Terry Gilliam and Terry Jones were like, we could have just made our filmmaking prowess and been like, we could just bought a rabbit. Yeah. They and not a borrowed one. one. But I like that it was a real one. I like that it comes yeah. up and just goes. Yeah, it is. <laughs> just a it's a good performer. <laughs> it really. Yeah. If I were like, you know, let's think in thirty years ago, like the, an animal that I had, if it could have been immortalized in film and it was no longer with us, I'd be like, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's yeah. My, that's let's, that's, let's my, be honest. that's Felix, my bunny. Yeah, you, know? the, it's, <laughs> you named it after your glasses, huh? Yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're a shill. The, the holy hand grenade of Antioch has always made me laugh so, so fucking good. much because I always think it looks like a bottle of Chambord. Yeah, the, the raspberry <laughs> liqueur. Yes. So anytime, anytime we get shame, we're like, the holy hand grenade of Antioch. Thou shalt pull us the pin and lob it in the enemy's direction, and blow them to tiny bits. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> it's just skip to the good part. <laughs> the guys, just, the guy just follows them around. They were never there. There's just guys with books and like little grenades. These are like religious guys just appear out of nowhere. It's so awesome. I think. Uh, uh, going back to Tim the Enchanter, I think they uh, they kind of come across who is Tim the Enchanter, but it could also be like a, a Rob Zombie kind of testing his uh, pyrotechnics out for his next show, it looks like. Think so, so I think that's kind of what he looks like. You think so? Think so? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Tim the Enchanter? Yeah. I think Rob Zombie took his also look band from name. Tim the Enchanter. That's my band name. You can't have it. I mean, it's mine. You can't have it. Prop? If, 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 it's, if it's pertinent to someone. Hit me a prop. Ooh. Ooh, here's a prop. <laughs> I just I did it unknowingly. <laughs> I'm taking that grenade. You can't. That's my grenade. You get, you're gonna take the holy hand grenade of Antioch. You bet I am. With does it come like in the box and it's got like the it comes with the box and also the speech. Okay, so like that guy is part of it. He stands yep. there and he's ready to read it to you. Hundred percent. That's bullshit. AJ, you got That's one. A good one. I got I, one. You go for it. I want, I want the dragon boat. That boat that comes out of the mist that they ride over across the moat. It's pretty dope. I want to take that to like Coralville Lake. And I want to ride it. <laughs> I want to just like roll around Coralville with a dragon boat. Coralville Lake with a dragon boat. <laughs> yeah, that's what I want to do. Um, I want I want I want the two two birds with the coconut tie. Because <laughs> it's one thing technically, because it's all tied together. All right. Is that okay? All Assuming right. that they can actually... Yeah, actually carry it. Well, <laughs> if it's an African swallow. But 
I'm fine with that. What do you think about all the like the artist renderings here, like the cave monster and like that? Is that is that just the cheap way out of telling the story? Or it is. is it, it definitely is. Yeah. Like like for real. It's it's they're them saving money telling telling the story, but they're also making fun of it, like with having like gorilla hands yeah. turn the page <laughs> right. and shit. It's just like what? Yeah. It's just like I don't care. It's kind of funny. Like it's just such a, like all of this. All these bits are like such a high thought. Yeah. It's like. I don't know. Have a have a fucking know. gorilla hand. I don't um, care. <laughs> do you want to play the hand? Sure. Yeah. Whatever. And just another silly thing for them to do yeah. and just throw you off a little bit. Yeah. It's like they're making fun of the fact that they have no money to do this movie. Okay. It just keep, they're just gonna keep that bit going essentially. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I okay. like that. I'm fine with that. <laughs> All right. Well, last scene, the knights approach the bridge of death, and only Arthur and Bedivere survive. Unable to find Lancelot, they reach Castle Arg, but find it occupied by the French soldiers. They summon an army of knights and prepare to assault the castle. As the army charges, the police arrive, arrest Arthur and Bedivere, and break the camera, ending the film. Pretty sure every time there is like a mythical bridge keeper and everything like that. It is definitely played by William Willem Dafoe. Uh, <laughs> That's sure, not Willem Dafoe. Pretty sure that was him, and he's portrays that in the lighthouse and in uh, the Northmen. Okay, over and over again. I think that's him. Okay, yeah. so that is Willem Dafoe. You can't have a scraggly guy to tell wisdom to a audience of uh, of sub- subjectivity. Yep. You can't have that without Willem Dafoe, and I think that is him. It's yeah. such it's such a dumb scene. <laughs> <laughs> like the the oh that was easy. <laughs> yeah. What what is your what's name? your favorite color? <laughs> Blue. Oh green. Ah! <laughs> or the, he says, what what is your name? He says, "Wow, that's easy. What is your name? What is your quest? What is the airspeed velocity of an unladen <laughs> swallow? <laughs> well, I don't know that. Yeah, ah! African or European swallow." <laughs> Do you know what the airspeed velocity of an unladen swallow is? Please tell us. So if we're only talking European swallows here, uh, 24 miles an hour. Okay, damn. Yeah. That's that's fast. I think that's strong enough to carry some coconuts. I would feel so. Yeah. Yeah. Two of them together with a string. Yeah. (laughs) Two of them together. (laughs) And such a weird placement for this intermission. (laughs) Yeah. Intermission. <laughs> it just, it's too th- I love the ten music. seconds long, and it's right in the middle of a scene. It's, it's such like it reminds me of like David Lynch, and I know it's like purely ter- Terry Gilliam kind of territory, but it reminds me of Derry- David Lynch along with Terry Gilliam kind of mixed together. It's just like a weird like this this uh, exists on a plane where. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's like only in that realm of David Lynch and Terry Gilliam could yeah. do. I don't know. It's 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 so cool to yeah, me. Yeah, I agree. I just love that they're. You don't get to just get away with what would be normally considered just lazy writing. Yeah, it's like oh, African or European swallow. It's like well, uh, I don't know. It's just. And then it's done. It's like cool. It's like, well, how do you know that? It's like, well, you got to know these things when you're a king. It's just like, <laughs> like okay, it's so lazy. It's so lazy. But they know it. I know. And and they're in, they're in on it. Exactly. It's and, so far. And that is again. That's that just comes back to my thing about thinking outside the fourth wall. They're thinking about yeah. We know this is lazy writing, and people, people, we're trusting the audience to yeah. find it funny and know that we know. 
you and know. Then, and then when you're thinking like, get on with it, yeah. they they play get with on it, with it. Like people further on in the movie are like, get on, <laughs> get with, on it. with it. We're trying to get to our part. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> and that's the thing with like the whole ending of this movie too was just like they just ran out of money and they're just like we, they were gonna have. There was gonna be a big battle. There was gonna there? be a huge battle. They just like didn't have enough money, so they're just like we'll just have it end with like these LARPers went crazy. It's LARPing. <laughs> That's right. That's what happened, right? It's basically LARPing. These LARPers just went crazy. Oh, my God. That's what happens. Is that, that's just Cause, because this is, this is the real... This is not ancient civilization. This is just some crazy people yeah. like doing LARPing yeah. in the modern world. <laughs> uh, right? Yeah. Like, is that what's happening That's here? what we're... We're not actually in nine, 932 AD. No. We're in 1975. We're in the, we're in the real world where the... Where, where, uh, a historian exists who's telling the story and of, cops. of Camelot. Yeah. And cops. <laughs> Constables. Actually, I've actually never done that thought in my head. I've always just been like, oh, yeah, the cops come and it ends, but it's still AD. It's like, wait, what? No. And these LARPers just got carried away. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, love, I love the chaos of that, too. Like, the camera's moving around these people, and they're like, ah, and they're all getting arrested, and everything's all weird, and then yeah. they just break the camera. <laughs> yeah. And then it cuts to black for, like, four minutes while it just plays a song. Yep. Yeah. With no end credits. No end credits and nothing. What the fuck? I, I think that's also a joke. I think it's just also it like, hey, you watched this movie for this long, and now you get this. Did you sit through the whole end screen to see if something happened after Absolutely. it? I did, too. And yes. nothing happened. Nothing it happened. It ended. It's like, that's, that's like The Sopranos. <laughs> it's, like, it's like as bad as The Sopranos, He man. looks up, and that's it. Yeah, like that's all that happens. It just cuts to black for five minutes, and you're just like... <laughs> Uh, I guess that happened to my life for this duration. That's it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's over. I don't know. It's a pretty, that's, that's, that's like my gripes of this movie is like the, the beginning is so good and just chalked full of funny scene after funny scene. And then yeah. it slowly, it slowly like unwinds itself and it feels like it gets lazier as it goes on. And I would generally find myself losing interest every time I watch this movie as it goes on. Yeah. My favorite parts of the movie end about halfway through. Yeah, sure. And then it's like, oh, okay, yeah, okay. If, if 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 I don't watch the rest of it, no big deal. Well, tell us about it. Do you feel that way? Yeah. <sighs> well, I mean, maybe, maybe we do. Are are we done? Yeah, I think I want to move on. I yeah. think you're there. All right, we have there. we have dissected this with a modern eye. We stripped away the nostalgia. We want to know what our modern day ratings are. AJ, what do you got on this movie, man? I do think it's it's very funny and it's very smart, and I appreciate it much more now than I ever did. Um, I just think that again, do I think this movie is like phenomenal? I don't know. I think I, I do know, I do know one thing that if with, without something like this happening, without Monty Python happening, we don't have a lot of the amazing comedy like we talked about earlier. Um, so many things will stem from it. And, and for that, you just have to give credit where credit is due. Yep. And Yes, still saying there is some very funny stuff that is in this movie, but the content is just it's obnoxious. Like like the plot, there isn't a there's no plot. Like they say there's a plot, there's no plot. They're searching for a holy grail, I guess. Like you know, they're just it's just sketch comedy in a movie. And uh, that being said, um, I think that I'm going to go ahead and give this a six. Straight up. Ooh. A straight up six. Ooh. Sean, what do you think, man? I uh, 
watching this for the second time in my entire life uh, this time around, I think that I I loved everything that they were suggesting. I loved everything that like came after this. We don't have what out American summer without this movie. We don't have a lot of the Zuckers. We don't have like a lot of my comedy that I like mm-hmm. kind of just like farcical comedy. Yeah. Like I seeing the ridiculousness in serious subjects. I find that to be like how I live. I find that to be how I like kind of get by in real life. Um, that being said, I think it does as a movie kind of uh, drag on a little bit towards the end. Um, but I also really appreciate how they kind of notice that mm-hmm. as a movie to themselves. And we're just like, yeah, we're running out of money. So we're just going to kind of end the movie. I, I don't know. It, it's, it's hard for me because I, I, I want to make a movie like this. I like, it's yeah. kind of like my dream to just kind of like, I think these things are funny. And I hope other people do too by just showing you them, um, and I really appreciate that. I'm gonna I'm gonna go, man. It's hard, dude. I'm gonna go straight up seven. Straight up seven for the Shawners. I agree with everything you guys are saying. I think it does drag on. It's not a perfect movie. It drags on, and then like, eh, but but the first half of the movie is so good, yeah, and it's so funny and so ingrained into pop culture and and everything that it's created. So for what it lacks in a finished product and a final, it makes up for in the beginning. So I do think of any movie that we have watched, this is the funniest comedy that we have done. Mm. And so looking back on my ratings, wow. I had to I had to take that into consideration. So of anything we've done so far, this is my favorite comedy we've done so far. I'm an 8.2. Wow. wow. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Uh, also, so David Gould, executive producer, he says there are just some movies that time cannot touch. Is this movie cheesy? Yes. Are the visuals dated? Yes. Are the jokes a little cheesy? Yes. <laughs> Did my high school girlfriend have a messy breakup? Also, yes. <laughs> but X loves aside, there are some things that make this movie perfect. I still laugh at the knights who formally say knee. Quote, yeah. she turned me into a newt. And coming back to our... And come running back to this film in, ch- in a choppy sequence like Sir Lancelot. Mighty Python and the Holy Grail is funny, clever, absurd, and timeless. This movie remains a top five comfort movie. And so it remains mm. a 9.5 in wow. my kingdom. Okay. So I think myself and uh, David made up for your slightly lower score. So we are a 7.68 on the main meter of I'm our post. That. 7.68 takes us about middle of the pack. That is um, slightly slightly better than planes, trains, and automobiles. Slightly worse than Major League is what we're thinking. So okay. I think that's still going to be pretty low on a lot of people's radars. I think a lot of people yeah. are going to be a lot higher I'd on that. I'd probably even rather watch this than Major League. I'm just saying. I'd, I'd probably do that, and but I'd also, again, I'd probably rather watch planes, trains, and automobiles than... Mm. Monty Python. So see, we're see. at we're at a weird we're at a weird we're a place weird, there, friends. A, our producing staff is not having a they good time. They are guffawing with us. over there. We, yeah. we hired a new production <laughs> staff. They have now quit. <laughs> They're so mad. We've been sacked. <laughs> We've been sacked. <laughs> well, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Thanks for being here. Tune in next Wednesday for another great episode. Summer of seventies continues on. Mm-hmm. We move on to Warriors. Yes. AJ's choice, and then we move on to executive producer picked Willy Wonka and the. Chocolate Factory. You bet. Okay. That's going to be a very fun one. I can't wait for that. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're new to the podcast, go back this time last year. 
I don't know what it is because it still says Pete and Pete, and that's <laughs> what I told you last week. So I'm going to, like, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to just keep talking as if I really have something really important to say. Like you I'm should. Just, I'm just going to keep kind of saying words, and then that way you'll think that I'm actually getting to a point, and then eventually you'll be like, oh, he said what he was going to say. <laughs> yeah, there's Stand by me. Stand by All me. All right. <laughs> that might been that might have been one of the first times we got real deep, I think. Please check out that episode. I... Uh, I'm very proud of that episode. I, I, I think uh, yeah. a lot of the research we did was really fun on that. Um, and in conclusion of that episode, I think a lot of the lessons learned was like uh, how adults failed you in that movie. Yeah. And I really, I really kind of reiterate that. We don't say the words exactly in yeah. that episode, but I, I, I take those words and listen to that episode and. Uh, yeah, enjoy. Please. Yeah. Worth most, a rewatch. Definitely. Re-listen. And we also have a voicemail. Call us at 319-804-9596. Here's today's voicemail. Hey, guys. It's Mike Michigan. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Uh, first off, I want to say I love the show. By far, my most listened to podcast. Thank you. guys are doing some great stuff with it. Uh, born in 95, so many of the movies on here I didn't get a chance to watch as they came out. But your show brings me... My own nostalgia, growing up in the 2000s, my dad scrolling through the TV, stumbling on a favorite movie of his, and us watching it on a weekend afternoon. Episodes like Ghostbusters, The Burbs, Speed, Tommy Boy, Tremors, and much more, you know, really bring back the memories of those weekend movie sessions. So thank you for that. Right now, I'm catching up on a few missed episodes. Just finished Top Gun. You mentioned it seems like a recruiting tool for the Navy. There's no doubt about that. But I want to recommend another movie that can also be seen as a recruiting tool for the Navy. I feel like it's not talked about as much. Instead of fighter jets and being a pilot, it depicts the work of a submariner. That's right. I'm talking about Down Periscope. Ooh. I have a large list of movies I hope you guys get to in the future. One of my favorite things is when you say at the end of the episode what's coming next. Cool. I always get so happy and excited when I hear one from my list named as the next episode. Thank you guys for this podcast. It's amazing. Keep up the great work. Thank you so much for oh, calling yeah. in, man. Appreciate yeah, thank it. Mike you. from Michigan, baby. Thank nice you, Mike. name. Down Periscope. He's got yeah. a cool name. He's got a cool name. Yeah, he's got a cool name. Well, AJ, let's take us out, man. What do we got to do before we get out of here, man? Make sure you guys are following us on all of our social media. Just search Confused Breakfast, any social media platform, and by all means, stop at confusedbreakfast.com. Wow. Hit all the links. Take, take you to all the things that we do. Actually, if anyone if anyone out there is a web designer, uh, our website's just a domain. It takes you to a link tree. Yep. So if anybody yep. wants to make us a dope ass yeah. website, you reach out. Get on it. We'll we'll hang out with you. You go to that same website. You can find some merch there, and uh, you can get some shirts. You can get some uh, uh, lots of shirts. You can get some <laughs> stickers, a lot of more shirts, stickers. You can get some Co- uh, coffee mugs. Coffee mugs. I was gonna say that. No. Uh, confusedbreakfast.com and get them there. Okay, I'll, when I start saying this, then you can talk over me. So you okay. can also go to patreon.com slash confusedbreakfast. There's a lot of bonus audio content there. So much so audio content. content. You, can you can vote get. on episodes. There's a private Discord service. Sign up. Sign up. Sign up. Okay, bye. I, bye. so <laughs> fucking bad. Wait, hold on. <laughs> Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. 
Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.